Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp experience or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Welcome back, everybody. This is season two of the Camp Kids Podcast, and I'm so excited to bring you guys a special interview to kickstart the new year and season two with you today. In this episode, we meet Riley, who I met as Flash when we crossed paths during our camp experience. Riley started his camp experience at Camp Oliver, which is a camp in California, and then transitioned to Camp Sac, the one we've talked about the most on this podcast in Boone, Iowa. In the later years of his camp experience, Riley is now a teacher and also runs a business on advocating and educating others about the trans community. Riley walks us through how to make camp an inclusive space for all and how others can be rockstar allies. So without further ado, let's meet Riley. Well, tell us a little bit about your background experience getting into camp. How did you get into camp and with what organizations and for how long? So I never went to camp as a kid. I was a kid that was very shy. I did not like being away from home. So going as a child was not something that I was ever interested in. It wasn't until I was in college that I was at the University of Kansas and it was about to be the summer. And I thought, well, I want to do something really different this year. So I already was studying teaching and decided, okay, I want to do something with kids, but I want to do something outside of my comfort zone, outside of the state of Kansas. So I just started looking at jobs and California was where I really wanted to go because I used to live in that area as a kid. I found a few camps out there and I applied and uh, ended up getting a job at Camp Oliver, which was in a very small town outside of San Diego in California. And just booked a plane ticket and ended up out there for, I went there for three summers. I loved it so much. And then after that, decided that I didn't want to spend half of my my summer pay on the plane ticket. So I decided to stay a little closer to home and work at uh, Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa for two summers after that. Wow, that's incredible. You're very adventurous, for sure. I definitely want to travel to be part of the uh, camp experience for me. And we crossed paths for a little bit uh, when I was gallivanting up to Camp Sac one summer. I can't remember what year we crossed paths. It was probably either 2015, 2016, that kind of, or 2017, that time frame. So, yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, I would love to hear maybe a little bit about your experience as a staff member. What were some positions that you held? What were some things that you did when you were working at camp? At the first camp I worked at, it was a camp for low-income kids. The camp I worked at in California, it was very small. It was funded really by donations, so there weren't a lot of activities beyond like we had a pool, we had a little archery range, but beyond that, um, there wasn't very much there. So when I was at that camp, we really just made a lot of fun out of the resources we had. We did talent shows and 
we would do a little nature class, even though we were kind of in this like desert area. So at that camp, I worked as, I think we called it a unit leader and just was the one, the counselor in charge of running a group of kids through their activities during the day, but I didn't have any specific things I did. When I worked at Camp SAC, I was high and low ropes certified. So I did help a lot with the ropes course and uh, the giant swing and all of those things, which was strange for me because I actually had, well, still currently have a fear of heights, but I think that was something I wanted to do to push myself. But uh, that's what I did at Camp SAC. And then also just similar to the previous uh, at Camp Oliver, just being like a unit leader and um, going with the kids to all their activities. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as a fellow educator, I know that a lot of my camp experience has helped inform the way that I teach. I've used that as stepping stones to the way that I teach. And since you're also a teacher, I would love to hear maybe some things that you took away from your camp experience that you are incorporating in your classroom or in your teaching experience now. Yeah, I think being a camp counselor really just changes who you are just in a variety of settings. So at my work, I just feel like going to camp really helped me figure out it's okay to be myself. It's okay to be weird at times or whatever that might be. That's the thing I love about camp so much is that you can really just be yourself and there's not judgment there because you're just in this like alternate reality and everyone just loves you for it. So I would say just in my work, I am a very goofy, I love to tell jokes and just, um, you know, make different voices with the kids or read a story in just a really dramatic, you know, way. So they're all looking at me like, okay, Mr. Long is crazy. (laughs) So I think using that kind of just silliness that I had at camp is something that I do with my teaching and just Also, I think living with kids gives you a different perspective and a deeper understanding of seeing them in various settings. So me being myself, I don't have kids of my own, but being able to relationship build with kids on a different level and really use that in my teaching to be able to check in with them and maybe understand them beyond the classroom is, I think, something I took away as well from camp. Absolutely. You you just learn how to make genuine, long-lasting relationships with campers, with staff at camp. And yeah, it's directly transferable to the classroom yet. I don't know about you, but I never received any classes on really relationship building when I was in my educational career. I mean, that was all things that I picked up from camp. So, yeah, no, I would agree. And it's super important. So thank you for sharing those with our listeners. Well, I have been so curious to know, what is the story behind your camp name? I wish it was a really good story. (laughs) (laughs) At my first camp at Camp Oliver, we didn't have camp names. And so we just went by, you know, of course, our first name with the kids So it wasn't until I came to Camp SAC that I was like, oh, wow, everybody has these really cool names. And I really loved that that was something it was almost kind of like not a camp secret, but just another special thing about being at camp and being away from everyone else is having that name. 
So I wanted it to be something short because I knew it was going to be something that I used over uh, a walkie talkie. And at that time as well, I was kind of trying on a new identity myself and um, considering like coming out as trans and transitioning. So I wanted it to be something that felt more gender neutral, uh, even more masculine in a way than my, my birth name, my regular name. So I think I just ended up thinking about different superheroes and decided that Flash was the easiest one to say. And nobody else had used that name because that's part of it, too, is there's a legacy of, of camp staff wherever you go and you don't want to be a repeat. So it was between Flash and Gnomeo because I have a collection of gnomes at my uh, at my house. And that's something I've been collecting since I was 16 so for a while, it was going to be Nomeo, and then I decided, yeah, that's too many syllables. So we went with Flash. And then, of course, you know, the legacy with that is everyone's like, well, you're not very fast, Flash. Why are you moving so slowly? <laughs> but that was kind of just how it came about. After a lot of thinking through names, that's the one that felt most. Uh, felt like it fit the most. Oh, that's funny. Especially if they were all saying like, oh, well, you're not that fast. Like then there's some irony in that too. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody gives each other a hard time though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love you to dive a little bit more into finding yourself at camp a little bit. How did camp kind of help you find yourself a little bit deeper? The very first summer that I was at camp, as like I said, I was a kid, I was very shy and Not that I was afraid to be myself, but I definitely knew that when I was in public, I needed to kind of keep a guard up. And of course, I'd seen what camp was like in the movies or on TV, but it wasn't until I really got there that I was immersed in this different, again, I'm going to keep saying alternate uh, reality of people that were just silly all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it was perfect because that was really who I was to a core. So I still have this distinct memory of being at staff training my first summer and everybody singing these ridiculous songs and doing these ridiculous dance moves. And I'm like, what even is this? So I remember, okay, I'm, I'm playing along with this. And it wasn't until I think a few days had passed that I was like, okay, I'm not singing these songs anymore because I have to. I'm singing these songs because I want to. And I'm so into it. And it's a competition for who can sing the loudest. So I think kind of after I moved over that threshold, I really was able to be myself in all all of me and be loved for it. So I think that was a huge part of my self-acceptance. I I remember the first summer I was there, I had a few close friends and I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm, um, I identify as gay. And they're like, oh, okay. Like no big deal. But even back then I was still scared to share that part of me. So it really built my self-confidence. And I think that's why I ended up going back for five summers because of that that love and being able to truly be myself. I mentioned earlier that when I was picking the name Flash, it was a time where I was kind of figuring out what my gender identity was. And it was the ability for me to kind of be this different person. 
course, I'm still the same, but I would kind of the way people identify me was different. And being able to use the name Flash, even though that wasn't something I was going to use outside of camp, of course, was a way for me to kind of get comfortable with having a different identity in a way. So that also was a huge confidence boost in that I could be looked at in a different way from the outside world. Camp gives us permission to come as we are or permission to try on a new hat. I love the way that you said for other people to view me in a different light. Cause you're right. Like you, you're always going to come as yourself. You're going to be you no matter what, but you can kind of open up the door a little bit into how people can see you and perceive you. So I think that was just beautifully put. Thank you for sharing that with us. Who were some people from your camp experience that have inspired you and how have they done that? I was thinking about this question last night I was as I was preparing, and I can't think of anybody really in particular. I go back to that original summer. I think that's when my camp experience was the biggest for me because it was new, and I felt so much change within myself. And that first summer as well, I was going through difficulty. I had just gone through a breakup and I wasn't really in the best place mental health wise. And just remembering once I was at camp and I had love from the other staff members, the kids, everybody at camp that I really did just feel so much better was a good way to kind of just get away from it all. And I think that's what I really loved about camp too. But Looking back, there's a couple counselors that I did just have a really good friendship with. I worked with a guy named Ryan, who was the loudest, silliest of them all at camp. And I remember when I first got there, I was almost a little taken aback, like, whoa, I don't know if like I could be friends with this person. They seem so different from me right now. But we ended up working together for the three summers that I was there. And he became one of my best friends. And he just was someone that was outgoing and just cared about everybody. He also identified as gay. So I think that was something that was bonded us as well. I think actually most of the people I worked at that camp with were gay in some way. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I would say Ryan for sure was someone that uh, inspired me just to be myself because he was even younger than me and just not afraid to be who he was and go after what he wanted. So I really enjoy my friendship with Ryan. Well, shout out to Ryan then for being awesome. My next question is kind of a big one. What is the most important lesson you've learned from camp? I think kind of what I've maybe spoke about, the biggest lesson from camp is just being yourself and not being afraid to be that way and even trying to take some of those qualities and take them outside of the camp world because, you know, camp ends for everybody for the most part and we're still the same people. So being able to show that love to people and care and just, it's like a big family being able to bring that to others is something that I want to continue to do throughout my life. And yeah, just not being afraid to be yourself, I think is the biggest thing. Well said. (laughs) 
The next question I have is a fill in the blank statement. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. So many things. (laughs) (laughs) At, At Camp Oliver, we, like I said, didn't have a lot of extra things. So we were always coming up with creative ideas to just do something silly. And we would do at our closing campfire, we would, everybody would do a skit that was similar to Camp Sack. And one summer, it was Ryan and I, we did this whole ceremony like we were getting married to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And we had all the staff be different parts of the wedding. And we just acted absolutely ridiculous. Like I had this weird voice and was just doing such silly things. This was a long time ago, so I can't remember exactly. But never at camp did I think I was going to get married to one of my my staff members. Of course, this was not a real marriage, but I'm <laughs> um, just go through that as a skid. And I just remember the kids just thought it was the most hilarious thing. And they were all coming up to us afterwards saying, congratulations on your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So just, just doing silly things like that are, you know, some of my best memories. Oh my goodness. I love that. There's, there's nothing like an impromptu camp wedding. I mean, (laughs) it just, it brings everybody together. It's a hoot and a half. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, what are some things that keep you busy now that you're outside of your camp experience? You mentioned that you're a teacher. What other things keep you busy in the real world? Outside of teaching, I do a lot in the trans community. I've done a lot of activism in the past few years, working for different boards in Kansas City. But I primarily run a business now where I work educating allies about the trans community. And I do kind of a trans 101 type presentation to churches, schools, really any type of community that's interested in learning more about how they can show up for trans people. So I do that talk uh, on Zoom and in person pretty regularly. I also provide trainings on kind of the next step up. So working with managers or supervisors about the policies they have within their business and looking at how they can best support trans people in those as well. And then sometimes working with parents, just coaching them through uh, their child's transition or coming out or whatever kind of issues they're facing at the time. So that takes up quite a bit of time for me. I just finished my master's degree this summer. So that's kind of given me the opportunity to be able to run my business kind of to a larger capacity than I have in the past. But beyond that, when I'm not working or working on my my business, I spend a lot of time, I just got engaged um, in September. So I spent a lot of time with my fiance and our two dogs who are crazy and just they keep us busy all the time just spending time with them and spending time with my family and getting to travel and be outside whenever possible. I really miss the aspect of my life where I traveled. I lived overseas for a number of years. So just even short trips is kind of gets me in that happy place again. Um, And, you know, hiking and camping when I can. 
Oh, that's so wonderful that you're still love being outdoors and congratulations on your engagement. That is so Thank exciting. You. Thank so you. For you both. That'll be so wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your business, how you are an activist for the trans community and how you educate others. I know that you said you kind of do a trans one-on-one talk with most people. Tell us a little bit about your goals and what you're hoping for people to get out of that. With my trainings, my goals are that I can help people feel more comfortable interacting with trans people. I know a lot of times people, cis allies, are worried about saying things that are going to make people feel offended or kind of to a point of where they feel like they have to walk on eggshells. And when I speak with people, I don't want them to feel afraid to speak with me. On the flip side, I don't want people to be rude and say things that are offensive. So it's kind of getting people to that point where they have the background knowledge that they need. They don't need to know all the ins and outs of transitioning, but to have some tips in their back pocket of, if I'm in this situation, this is what I can do to make that trans person feel comfortable or feel supported. Here are some ways that I can proactively make sure everybody in my life is going to be in a comfortable place or ways that they can get out in the community and start doing the work for trans people because we are a really small, small population. I know we're in the news all the time, but there's not very many of us. So really building allyship is the key to being able to create change. There are so many wonderful people out there who are great allies, but I think they just need the tools to be able to know what to do. And that's kind of the goal with my trainings is being able to make them feel comfortable. And it's also a place where they can just ask questions and there is no judgment behind the questions. I want people to feel like they don't have to Google everything. And he's like me, he's like everybody else. And it's not such this alien thing. I think that's where a lot of the fear happens is people just don't know trans people and they hear these crazy things in the news and um, it just doesn't feel relatable to them. I can agree from an ally perspective here. There are times when I want to come and be very helpful and respectful. And I know that just education and being around that environment only can benefit not only myself, but others who I also interact with as well. I know that the camp environment in general, at least in the ones that I have worked for, typically have a higher trans population than the rest of the world. I think maybe it is because of what you spoke to earlier, that the camp experience does allow you to be vulnerable. It, it attracts people who are wonderful people. <laughs> and so people feel comfortable opening up and people feel comfortable just being who they are. So I know that the a lot of people in the camp world have a lot of people who are in the trans community. What are some tips that you can give to our fellow people who are also allies that are in the camp community who maybe have not had any experience working with trans people? That's a good question. It's kind of what I'm talking about before. I don't want people to feel like they have to walk on eggshells. For people that aren't used to being around trans people, I would say the most important thing is just to treat that person like you would treat anybody else. So that includes if you're going to ask questions about 
you know, body parts or those kind of things like that's always just weird. And I know that's not something that people automatically go to, but I have realized that for some reason, trans people get a lot of questions that you wouldn't ask a cis person. So I think that's kind of a big thing. And I think just listening is the biggest thing that I try to share in my trainings is when someone wants to talk about their transition or their identity, they usually will talk to you about it if you give them a safe space. So just setting an example of being accepting and just really a good place to start. And then as more comes out, you learn more and it kind of is more of a natural progression. I know that's not really a very good tip, but that's kind of, I'm thinking in my mind about if I was to go to a camp, what would I want someone to do? And it would really just be, you know, not defining me as just a trans person, defining me more as just a fellow staff member. And as I'd feel more comfortable just being a place where they can listen to me. This was the second year that they were able to host LGBTQ plus week at camp. And they went through special training with their staff and they've been able to provide just a pride and services for youth who are in the Girl Scouts organization for a specific week at camp. And even though I did not attend the week that was there, I was still able to benefit from all of those experiences and people that were all a part of that. And I think that this is really the first that we've seen the Girl Scouts organization take a stance or at least provide resources for for trans youth and for queer youth in general to give them a space to be open and a place where they can have wonderful outdoor experiences while also celebrating who they are. And I just benefited so much from that experience and then came back to Kansas City where, you know, I come back home with my pronoun pins and all of these things and I'm ready to be the ally that I want to be. And it's not quite the same environment out here in the Midwest as you maybe would find it on the coasts. So maybe this question is more for myself than it is for others. But when you're in environments where you want to create change, where you want to be a bit more inclusive. Do you have any ways where you can kind of, without coming across as rude, start some of those changes? Those are things that I think about in schools and just being able to connect people with resources too and education. Because like I said, I think most people are open to the trans community and willing to learn, but they don't have those resources to be able to start that conversation Allies can really help other people by spreading what they've learned to others and sharing about where they can go to learn more. I talked about how how as a community, trans people are just a small population. So I think really being able to make change is building those allies and those allies to share what they've learned with others and where they can go. And I think even with just the example you gave of just sharing your pronouns. I think that's kind of the first step I give in my trainings is when you introduce yourself, just add your pronouns to that introduction. When you do that, it's already creating a safe space for trans people that might be in the room. And if it's, it might also be educating others like, oh, you know, what, what is that that you said after your name? And then that organically brings up a conversation about, trans people and ways that you can be allies. But even just 
taking your pronouns and putting it in your email signature, or you talked about wearing a button, or I even say just like having a rainbow somewhere, whether it's your classroom or these are really small things and they're not going to, you know, create huge changes, you know, within laws and policies necessarily, but it's just going to have people be more aware that there are people out there that identify differently than them and might just need those things to feel safer. And I know whenever I'm at work or anywhere that I go, if I see someone just doing that small, simple thing, it already makes me feel more comfortable. And I think, okay, that person knows what's going on and um, is someone that I can trust. So I think that kind of small example you shared is, is something that is just a really great first step. And then beyond that, like if you're like really ready to look at policy and talk to leaders above you, that's... You mentioned the water bottle sticker. So I have a pride progressive flag on my water bottle on one of my water bottles that has the girl scout emblem on it and i used to only have one water bottle so that was like the one that i would always have and i would have i have it like on my desk like in my classroom i don't even think about it well i had a student come up to me one day and said hey i saw your water bottle and i just wanted to let you know that i am transitioning and i wanted you to know that my pronouns are blank blank and i was like oh well thank you for sharing that with me and I would have never known if they wouldn't have pointed out, hey, I saw this. I see that you are safe. And so I can really attest to that. And now I made sure that I put another rainbow sticker on my second water bottle too. No matter (laughs) where I'm out, I'm like, we got to be covered here. So, No, I I think that's great. Yeah, they're they're both Girl Scout stickers too, which I think is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that information with us. Would you be willing to maybe talk a little bit more if people are interested in the camp community to have you do a training specifically on inclusivity in the camp space? Is that something that you would be interested in people reaching out to you for? Definitely. I'm willing to talk to any group of people I've you know, done trainings for anything from clothing brands to I'm working right now with different movie theaters. So that would be awesome. My business is called Trans Teacher Talks. It's kind of a mouthful. So if you go to transteachertalks.com, you can find my website. I also have a presence on Instagram. So you can find me there too. But if you're on my website, there's a form that you can fill out to connect with me. And I'm happy to, like I said, do things in person, virtually, whatever fits the organization's needs uh, will work well for me. And I just get so excited to hear from people because as a trans person myself, it makes me realize that people care and that they want to do what's best for the trans people in their lives. And I don't know, that's touching, especially when you live in a place where there are so many whether it's government officials, school board members, or, you know, just people you interact with that don't want those things to be happening and really want to erase trans people. Just really do love the work that I do because I get to meet the most amazing people who are just so loving to me. And I don't always get to experience that. I agree. Kansas City, even though it's very metropolis and there are very liberal sides, it's still a part of the Midwest and it's still, there's still a lot of people who I wouldn't say are conservative, but um, are just a little bit less open than other parts of the world. So 
I I definitely feel you there <laughs> on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And I will include all of those things, your website, your Instagram handle and everything in the show notes so that if people want to reach out to you or have you speak with their organizations that they can access you just super quickly. Great. Thank you. Well, I'll wrap up with my final fun questions here. And since you mentioned camp song so much, I really want to know what is your favorite camp song? It's hard to choose, but there's a song that at Camp Oliver, we sang so loud and so ridiculous, and it's called 60s Party. And it's one that I brought to Camp Sack. I doubt it's still there, but um, one that, that wasn't in the repertoire of songs that they already had. Definitely that was 60s Party was my favorite. Have you heard of that one? Uh, yes, I have. And yes, <laughs> okay. it's still there. I can attest to that. It is definitely still there and it's definitely still a fan favorite out there. So congrats to you for bringing that one over. Cause that's a gem. <laughs> well, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't take full credit, but I know the summer I went from the one camp to, to camp sack, it wasn't there. So don't want to just say it's all me, but <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's still there. Yeah. Are you a singer at all by chance? Am I a singer? Not outside of camp. I can attempt to sing it if you want. I would love that so much if you <laughs> sing this solo for us. <laughs> okay, okay. It's a 60s party in a 60s movie. See the surfer on their surfboard. It's a 60s party in a 60s movie. See the lifeguard on their tower flexi 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 flex dun na 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 dun na 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 that's that's gonna be it you're welcome i'm like i don't know if i remember all the other lines right now no worries no worries thank you for sharing that with us my next question is what is your favorite camp meal oh gosh so many camp meals I was thinking about this last night, too, because I was trying to remember all the different things that we had. I think whenever we had, like, Mexican food, that was always something that was really exciting. I know they did the bag of Doritos, and you would put the taco meat and the cheese. The walking taco, that's what it yes. was at Camp Sack. That was, that was probably one of my most memorable and favorite. But I also just really love Mexican food, so that was a, a fun time. Absolutely. Walking tacos are delicious. What is your favorite camp tradition? I think the closing campfire is something that always brings everybody together. I love when everybody, all the different groups have their skits and they give out awards to different people and just really uniting together and remembering the experience is something that I think is just really brings some people to tears because it's that whole week that you've gotten close to people that really were strangers at the beginning and you feel like they're your family. So coming together at the end is just a really wonderful tradition um, at camp. What is your favorite program area? My favorite program area would be high and low ropes course. As much as it scares me, I think it's so fun to be out there and to 
really encourage others to face their fears, whether it's climbing or learning to repel, uh, really being physical out there and getting to build as a team as well, encourage each other to do those things. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I absolutely love high ropes. It's, it's definitely up there for me as well. Well, I'm wanting this podcast to go on for a very long time. So I always ask my guests, who should I interview next? I think I've mentioned Ryan a few times and he's out in California these days. I think he's in the Bay area. So I don't know. You're open to interviewing anybody, I assume. So I think he would be a really good candidate to talk about camp. And he's, I think, worked as a camp staff member even longer than I have. But I do really appreciate you having me and everyone listening. And, you know, all I'm thinking about is the holidays right now and staying (laughs) inside trying to keep warm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, I am, too. The shopping lists and the wrapping presents and the getting family together and yep that's where my mind's at too as well (laughs) Riley thank you so so much for being on the Camp Kids podcast we have greatly appreciate you being here sharing your experience and educating us and all of the things I can't thank you enough for doing this for us and sharing your experience with us yeah thank you for having me it's brought up a lot of fun memories so I had a lot I had a good time talking with you today All right, Camp Kids, that was Riley. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating, so that others can also find our podcast. Stay tuned later this week as I wrap up season one, aka the first year of the Camp Kids podcast. You won't want to miss that one. All right, camp kids, that's all that I have for you for now. But remember that this is good night and not goodbye.